Hello, Rip City. To all of you here in town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying this beautiful Tuesday, the 5th of January, here with Chad Helm and Ty Delbridge. What's up, guys? What up? What up, Bob? What's up? What's up? I am Keith Feltner Smith, and you are listening, as always, to the Podland Trailcasters. Today, we are joined to round out our starting five by Ashton Batuso from uh, from Rip Tweety. Oh man, I forgot the name of your. What, tell me the name of your pod. About damn time, or the, what are you talking about? Oh, about damn time. Didn't you have the, about the, damn the time. Beavers one? Yeah, it's about damn, damn, yeah, time. damn time. Oh, I see. I thought you said damn time. I got all like. I didn't expect to get a uh, Beavs shout out. So sorry. Yes, it's called about damn time. Always go Beavs. Nice. Go check out About Damn Time. (laughs) Yep, Flagrant Magazine, too. And Flagrant as well. Yes, definitely check out Flagrant. And while you check out About Damn Time and Flagrant Magazine, uh, go swing on over to evanm.com so you can check out our other guest's work. Uh, He has done some amazing, I guess you'd call it graphic art. Maybe, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, uh, Evan. But uh, done some great work for the Blazers. Now he's located down in New Orleans. Check him out down there, and I mean, who doesn't want to make a trip down to the Big Easy? Welcome to the show, Evan McCarthy. Thanks for coming back, sir. Hey, man. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. The one person I can't see here in our little Skype rock bleacher situation <laughs> we have going on. Yeah. But that's Trust okay. me, I'm doing crazy stuff down here. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, how, how is it down there? How's uh, I'm hoping it's a little warmer than up here. Yeah, you know, today was nice. I was able. It's been kind of chilly in the in the winter months. Chilly, like in comparison to what I'm used to. It was like 50 this morning, so I got a nice bike ride in before work. Uh, chilly. This, oh yeah, it was chilly. Um, <laughs> city's a little weird. We're in a weird spot. Like um, they closed down indoor bars, which I didn't even realize were open the day before New Year's because we had like a certain positivity rate. So like, you know. The city, it's, it's been weird down here, but good. Um, yeah. Support your local businesses when you can, you know, in any way you can. Please, people. Definitely. We got a lot of that from Portland, too. A lot of businesses that are suffering, and you want to do as much as you can to support them, but please also make sure to stay safe. It's it's There's, you know, obviously lots of different opinions on going out versus not, and uh, like Chad said, I gotta get in my, my mandatory at least, you know, five times an episode, wear a damn mask, people, wear your mask, okay, that's all, that's all. I'll, I'll leave it till, you know, that covers the next ten minutes at least. So while we are zoomed out here, I want to touch on some other games around the NBA before we get into the Blazers, the Pelicans-Pacers game we saw the other ge- other day, I don't remember exactly what the stat was, if someone else has this pulled up, please feel free to correct me, but it was something like, among games where there's been a six-point deficit with... 24 seconds to go, something like that. Only uh, Of like 8,000 games this has happened, only two of them, I believe is what they were saying on the jump, Rachel Nichols on the jump was saying only that few have actually gone where the the, the loser came back and actually won the game, including so the Pacers crazy. over the Pelicans last night. Yeah, you don't think it would be that rare, right? It's only a small no. gap, but we're talking less than a possession left, and you need more than two, two three-pointers to come back and win. So it's... Yeah. I think it is. It's one of those things as a fan. If I was watching a game where the Blazers are down six with 24 seconds, I'd be like, oh, they can do it. Dame can hit a shot, and then they can get a steal, and they can hit another shot. But apparently, according to Rachel Nichols, there's something like 8,000 games where this has happened, only two of them where the trailing team has actually come back and won. So we saw this last night with uh, Victor Oladipo hitting a crazy shot uh, to get it close, and I think it still went into overtime. They tied it like 106-106 and came back. The big thing to me that I think uh, this kind of highlighted is the we've seen so many games this season so far that have been giant blowouts, like 20-point leads, 15-point deficits one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, and then we finally get a close game, and it's literally like a, a historical game where, where it's so close that it, it's, it rarely ever happens. What would you what do you guys attribute this to? Is there is there something in the air as far as the NBA coming back off the bubble? Is this just about teams not having the offseason to kind of get ready so no one's really polished, so you have more kind of the, the variance? Uh, why are we seeing so many crazy games, whether it's the blowouts or this kind of crazy historic uh, six-point comeback, which again it's weird to think of that being historic, but it is, I swear. I'm I'm not not crazy <laughs> about this. I'm not gonna question Rachel Nichols, so I, I <laughs> there we go. Good sources. I mean, I'm kind of rolling with these first month is almost basically like preseason still. Like, yeah, it counts and it is regular season, but I think for these teams, they're still trying to get back in shape. I think the, I think these teams are still trying to bring in new players. 
new coaches, new systems, all that stuff. And it's such a quick turnaround from the bubble. It's such a weird off season with all these training camps and stuff. So it's just so weird. So I think we're going to keep seeing stuff like this. Like I'm basically am taking a break from betting NBA because right now, because it, because it is just so weird. Like, because like that, like one night, like all of a sudden, like with the Mavericks, like they blow out the Clippers and then like, it's like two nights later, like they get blown out by, I don't even know someone else who's not even that good. So it's super weird right now. And I think we'll probably have another probably two three weeks of it being really weird i would imagine before stuff starts to get maybe more consistent and then we start seeing these really good teams actually start playing consistent and not getting beat by bad teams but i think right now it's still kind of preseason. so yeah and i think to that point um every, every off season in a, in a normal nba season you always see like the tweets and like on instagram dudes posting videos of them showing up like a month early to their market to scrimmage with their guys so, like, even the practice and training camp is already well before the season starts. And they're showing up, like, a month before that. And then, with, in this case, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Blazers had, like, three practices before preseason started. And then, like, yeah. you got to count the preseason games as practice. So, like, they just, you know, when you're installing two new starters in Robert Covington and Derek Jones Jr., for the Blazers in particular, it's going to take time. And, like, they're learning in real time. And that's why you'll see games where we get blown out by 20. And then you'll see games where things click and you're like, oh, this is probably closer to where it should be. Um, but like, you know, like it was mentioned, as we get further down the road, I think it's going to even itself out. Yeah, it, it certainly should get a little more polished as we go in here. Uh, I, I just as an example here, though, for the Blazers alone, you look at the the just the regular season. We lost by 20 to the Jazz. And then we have two weird games that almost anomalies where we beat the Rockets by two and beat the Lakers by uh, eight, one fifteen, one seven. Then after that, we lose by twenty three to the uh, uh, Clippers, win by fifteen against the Warriors, and lose by fifteen against the Warriors again. So if if that is going on around the entire NBA, I, I agree, it's it's not really sustainable. We're not going to have those kind of giant uh, gaps the whole time through. But I am curious what's going to happen as far as. Uh, Teams polishing up, and and you know who has an advantage here? If everyone is kind of going through this lack of practice, lack of uh, preparation, does this come down to teams like the Blazers having chemistry, having kind of some roster consistency, even with our new pieces? Does this maybe give us an advantage a little bit? Well, <laughs> do you think we have those things so far? <laughs> <laughs> On paper, we do. <laughs> we have a lot of roster coming back. We have chemistry. Uh, yeah. We don't have defense, but. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it is. Evan, what were you going to say? I, I think it's about depth and who can stay healthy. I mean, like, look at, for instance, in Brooklyn right now, uh, it just came out that Durant's going to miss a week, which is going to equate to about four games, like four games in the 72-game season because he had contact with someone uh, who had COVID. Like, situations yeah. like that, like, teams like the Blazers can't afford to have stuff like that. Like, if Dane gets hit with something like that and uh, oh my gosh. Know, he misses a week, that's it's it's going to come down to the teams that have depth, I think. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I had not even thought about the possibility, which is a great one, of that happening. You it's mean scary. Of, a, of a star having to miss games. Just yeah, of Dame of, missing yeah. a week. Yeah, and like what that looks like in the grand scheme of things, that stinks. Yeah, there's certainly some extra factors this season beyond just the normal like risk of injury or something like that, where you can kind of maybe shelter a star from by having you know games where they where they get rest and all that. Uh, yeah. Curious about that. Before we get in too much more on the Blazers, I do want to touch on one other kind of broader topic, which we touched on in the in the pre-show a little bit. Uh, so I know it's worth coming back to here. We've heard some rumors about NBA expansion. I don't think there's a lot of evidence right now that this is going to happen anytime soon. We're not talking about something that's coming up this season or next season or probably even one or two or so after that. But Seattle and Las Vegas are both apparently rumored to be leading bids uh, to get new teams, not just pulling a team from somewhere else, like a, a losing market but or a failing market in the NBA currently, but a new team. So we are talking about possibly, I mean, right now we have 30 teams. I don't really see the NBA adding one. I see them probably adding two if they're going to add a team, so we can get to that part too. But uh, being that Seattle is so close to Portland and kind of the, the ties we've had historically in the past when the Sonics were up here, how do you guys feel? We've got some uh, some Seattle ties here on the pod as well. Uh, Ashton, you kind of started us off in the pre-show, so why don't you kind of bring us back uh, as far as uh, your perspective on on how do we feel about about Seattle and maybe the the, the Twitter, the uh, the social media reaction to fans uh, when you brought yeah. this up? Yeah, yeah, people are mad at me. 
Um, <laughs> I think it would be fine to have the Sonics back. That would be something that if it happened, I'd be like, okay, that's, that is a thing that happened factually. Uh, a lot of Blazers fans would be like over the moon about it, which is also fine. I just pointed out on Twitter that Blazers fans have a tendency to be very extreme about like a random thing. And this feels like that random thing. Um, and my perspective is like the rivalry that they think exists uh, probably wouldn't be true in the NBA that we know today because rivalries in the NBA today are based off of who's fighting on Twitter or, you know, who talks shit in an interview or whatever the thing is. They're not like, oh, this team's three hours away, so Dame's going to play a lot harder now. Like, I just don't see that for us. And, you know, it's fine if everyone's excited. That's cool. I'm down, whatever. But um, I was merely pointing out Blazers fans can be a little extreme. And also the hypocrisy of wanting a team in Seattle but hating the team, but wanting them because you hate them. But once they come, you're going to hate them. Like, there's there's lots so of elements here that, that confuse me. But Your yeah. point being just that there, there's a lot of Blazer fans maybe that are wanting a rivalry. They're, they're looking to have yeah. someone to kind of, like, you know, spar with and beat up on because we feel lonely here maybe a little bit in the Pacific Northwest. It's, it's uh, as, as a as – a, Puppy owner who, who I current uh, you know frequently reference, uh, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like that little dog thing where this little pup that we have constantly wants to beat up on the old eleven or twelve year old pug <laughs> on the other side of the room, and we have to constantly be reminding him like, no, you cannot do this. You can't just treat you can't he can't keep up with you. He can't kind of play that game, and it does kind of feel a little bit like you bring a new team in here. There's not some instant. There's you're not going to bring back all the old Sonics. Uh, history, I guess, that we have. Yeah, here. it's not going to be the same team. Like, I, I acknowledge that Gary Payton is very cool because go Beavs, but Gary Payton's not going to be on the Sonics, and I don't know if yeah. everyone knows that or not. But the other side that I want to bring up, though, Ashton, what do you think about, you, you mentioned the Beavs. There's a natural rivalry between the Ducks and the Beavers. Do you think that's not because of the regional proximity? No, like, I mean, it is because we've played each other for such a long time because of that proximity, because in the turn of the century... You played people that were that close, right? Um, so it, that's like definitely founded in history, absolutely. Um, this rivalry, I mean, it would be like an easy rivalry. I think it, like, the fans would be able to partake. Um, I just, I, I don't hate the Ducks because they're thirty minutes away, forty minutes away. I hate them because they're insufferable. <laughs> no, like, I would have to say so that I'm the fans are hate... insufferable, not the yeah. ducks. That's why I hate. The ducks are fine. It's <laughs> the fans that really are, are insufferable. <laughs> no, both. It's both. Um, <laughs> it's both. <laughs> no, it's both. I would not. I, I, I don't. Like, I would go to your point. I think that Dame could make it an easy rivalry, depending upon who they have. That could be an easy thing, and then and then the fans would get on board. They already have the. I don't know what they call the cup, and it's going to get me roasted. I'm sure, but. You know, like with the Timbers, Vancouver, and Seattle. They have their own little special little thing that the fans have oh, made yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So Cascadia Cup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. See? I'm so bad with I'm so bad with names in general. So you're lucky I remember Keith. But Yeah, so I mean I I think that it would be an easy rivalry and I think that Dame could make it one if he wanted to to make it more fun for everybody. But that would just be for entertainment value. It wouldn't be I mean it would depend. Like if they got Paul George that's a real rivalry all of a sudden. I mean, yeah, and then we're talking. Well, that's, I think that's the point is that, to Ashton's point earlier too, rivalries don't really exist so much geographically anymore as much as, right, like, did right. your star player burn you? Did Kevin Durant leave to go to Golden yeah. State and you're OKC? Yeah. And you're like, cool, well, now we have a rivalry for the time being because you screwed us over and, you know, we weren't good enough for you, so now we are a rivalry. Yeah, but I guess, Evan, you and I are pretty anti-Seattle, so... I don't know. Maybe there is something. <laughs> I also something. agree that Portlanders in general get really psyched up about some really weird topics. So yeah, it does, that's I, all, I that could, was just my greater point. Yeah, I can totally understand that point. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to. I would like to call it to the loyalist of the of us that we're like we just want those people to have their uh -huh. team back because if we had our team ripped away, we would want someone to advocate for us. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. That's that's a very nice honorable. Okay, but I also like want to say just quickly one more time. Again, they already have sixty-seven professional teams, <laughs> and they don't need another one. We have like two. Like I, I'm, I don't feel bad for them. I'm sorry. So hold on. Are you advocating for Portland to get another team? Dude, I don't know. I'm just being mean. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I and I think to the point that Portland does could create a rivalry. I mean, 
especially with Blazer Twitter, like the team will post a picture of a new jersey, like a new uniform, and like for three days straight, it like conversation devolves into like I'll fucking kill you and your family if you don't agree with me <laughs> on this on the color of this uniform. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, sure. if you put a team in Seattle, I'm sure that uh, they they'd be able to uh, create this rivalry. <laughs> that's true. We're not saying that's like a healthy thing though, right? <laughs> I <don't. laughs> I'm not saying it's unhealthy, but okay, let me ask you this though. If if we did have a team back in Seattle, since we're saying it's less about the region and it's more about who you put on that team, uh, who are we putting on that team to make this a rivalry? Like I obviously I feel like an easy nomination at point guard, Patrick Beverly. If if Clippers had to drop him and he goes up to Seattle, that is an easy rivalry for Dame to get fired up about. I don't want to give him anything. I'm like done hating Patrick Beverly because he wants it <laughs> so badly and I'm just not gonna give it to him. I think someone like uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think that could be Ooh. something. Uh, yeah. And the old Russell Westbrook up there now that he's all <laughs> done with his career. Send him back up to Seattle to finish it off. I don't think I can <laughs> handle that. <laughs> that might be per- that might be perfect. Yeah, me and Evan are his biggest fans. I love Westbrook <laughs> and everything about him. Um, yeah, I think wait, the wait, jazz wait, wait. players. Evan, say, send Evan the jazz I couldn't hear you on that. Did you say you love Russ? I love Russell Westbrook and everything about him. I do too. I love We're me and Evan are the only two people that love Russ. I share the same birthday with him, so I like him. That November. Much, uh, wait, wait. I know it actually. It's November twelfth. <laughs> Is that right? Yep, there you go. Me. Yes. <laughs> now you know my birthday. <laughs> I know it because this he's a Scorpio incredible. and yeah. Ashton, I don't know if you get this. It's funny because I tell people I love Russell Westbrook. I love watching him play because I find him entertaining. It's always funny when, like, his team doesn't succeed. People hit me up on Twitter, and I'm like, I don't know. You're confused. I don't give a shit if he wins or not. I enjoy watching him play basketball. Yes. I, am, yeah. I, I consider basketball a form of entertainment, and I find watching him playing entertaining. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I agree oh, with that. Agree. I'm better with that now. I, I was I was worried it was more of the thing where you're actually like fanning for, for. I mean, she knows his birthday. That's a little bit more than what Evan just. <laughs> it's said. It's only because. Ashton, yeah, we gotta talk. <laughs> I don't know other players. I, mean, I don't there even might know Dame's be a poster birthday, that we can't see up in the room right now. <laughs> no, yeah, I have a Dame poster <laughs> and a Beavs and a Nova poster, and that's it. There's no rest. <laughs> Although I think, oh, I do have some Russ magazine, ESPN magazines on this dress. I agree with everything, though. I enjoy watching Russell Westbrook play basketball, and if he's on TV, I watch their, any team he'll be on. I'll probably watch that game. He's an yeah. athletic player. Uh, athletic players are always fun to watch. He's a star player, obviously, and he's also a dramatic player. These are all things that are good for TV highlights. I'm not arguing any of that. I would never <laughs> root for him on my team. I would never want That's him fair. anywhere near Yeah, he's probably the closest thing to AI the NBA has right now. Yes, no? Mm. As far as a guy who Ooh, throws his body on the line, goes down the middle still, like smaller guy. I think that AI was more respected in his playing time. Like I do. I agree. 100% agree. 100% agree. I think AI was a better, made a team better as well. Um, I mean, he, he took someone to the championship, right? Yeah, people yeah. forget yeah. that. People forget that Kevin Durant was a two-time scoring champion when he played alongside Russell Westbrook. And that's what, that's what frustrates me when people are like, oh, he's a bad teammate. It's like, Kevin Durant led the league in scoring twice when he played next yeah, to Harden. Yeah, Harden was, Harding was a pretty good sixth man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, okay. okay. If, 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 <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you oh, said you the H word. If there's, if, if there's <laughs> one person who's a bad teammate, teammate it's Harden, it's not Westbrook. Like, oh, so all ire that I used to maybe have for Westbrook, Westbrook that is, is so easily focused on on the, the rival beard down there right now. So I'm not even worried about Westbrook at this point. But listen, we've talked enough around the NBA. Let's zoom in a little bit on the Blazers themselves. The, uh, the, we had, we had uh, uh, let's see, last, last pod, pod, we talked, we talked about, about everything through the Lakers, Lakers game. game. The, the first three there, there. Uh, some, some interesting, interesting outcomes after, after our, our expectations, expectations. And, and that has not changed so far. So far. The, next the next game up we had, we had uh, was the Clippers. Was the Clippers. We can also we can maybe also just act like this one didn't really happen. happen. It wasn't that, that much fun <laughs> to watch. Um, the, the, my, my optimistic, optimistic side, side is just saying, look, we got one in LA. LA. We beat we the Lakers. Lakers. Don't, Don't get greedy. greedy. We were never we going to go down there and sweep the Lakers, the Lakers and the Clippers at the same time, or back to back, whatever you want to say. That being said, does anyone have any thoughts on this game, or should we just roll for it? Yeah, they got their ass beat by 50 a few days before that, so like I'm not. Yeah, nothing's real. Okay, I like that. I like that. Nothing's real is also. If, if you want to freak out about the Blazers losing like that to the Clippers, then their fans should be like hyped. You should have seen Keith freaking out losing to the Warriors. Oh. We'll get to that one. That was just right, frustrating. <laughs> that was just... Mm. 
I was more frustrated at us losing to the Clippers this way, just because I thought we should have showed up better. It was our first game yeah. against them. Uh, that's like a rivalry based on what everything like or that happened with the bubble. Like, I feel like that should be the one. Yeah, like they should be showing up for. So yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about this whole Sonics thing and the, the if we we're trying to make a rivalry out of that. I've heard a lot of talk right now. Um, that either the Clippers or the Nuggets would be the biggest Blazers rival currently in the NBA as far as, you know, Denver Nuggets being a division rival. We've had some tough games with them, obviously, going toward the Western semifinals a couple years ago. Uh, Clippers with with Patrick Beverly and Paul George, the, the kind of personal stuff like you guys touched on earlier, making more of a rivalry yourself. Where do you land on that? Do you say Clippers or, or Nuggets as far as uh, who is the bigger Blazers rival currently? Uh, I mean, Evan got in several fights with lots of Nuggets fans those <laughs> couple right. years. <laughs> we met up the for a game, actually, during that oh, series. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, before that game, yeah. yeah. So Evan might say the Nuggets, but I think the Clippers. I don't think there's really anything, actually. I don't think there's any. I think there has to be bad blood for it to be a rivalry. I don't think it can just be, like, good games and playing each other tough. That's not enough for me. I want, like, I want okay. almost fighting jazz rivalry. So I'd say the Clippers are closer because of the Cancun and the laughing and all the bullshit they they like to do. <laughs> the histrionics they're all about. Um, yeah, that's my take. I have to go against that. But I agree with it on... I, it's two categories. One is basketball rivalry, and, and the other is... Uh, off basketball. Off, yeah, media social media, really. off basketball. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. So, like, the beef with like Paul George and Patrick Beverly is because they're a bunch of clowns and yeah. and and that's how they act on the sidelines and take advantage of any moment they can of Dame missing a shot and they don't get very many of those opportunities <laughs> so they, they have to take advantage of them and they go a little too far but Dame shoots yeah. back and he's good at it and it makes for fun but I have to say like in a seven game series it's going to happen on a more regular basis because Clippers are not going to be these, this team for very long, right? This is a year or two experiment, and then it's going to get broken up. But Denver actually has something that is probably going to be, like, rivaling the Blazers for that top spot. The Lakers are probably going to lose some of their players as well. So this will be the consistent team, I think. Also, it lends to the big men battling down low. And when you get those guys in the playoffs battling for a seven-game series, they're just that kind of stuff just starts to happen. So I would say on court, I think Denver for a longer period of time is going to be a team that like is always like a team we worry about. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. By, by that same definition, you could throw Utah in there too because they just locked up Absolutely. Gobert. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's not going anywhere um, anytime soon. And uh, I mean, the Jazz and Blazers have always had kind of that built-in rivalry, um, probably more so than... Uh, I know Denver more recently, like you mentioned with the playoff, um, but like I think the average fan would say that we have probably more of a rivalry long term with the Jazz. Yeah. Yeah, I and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that either. I'm a little curious what's going to happen with the Jazz as far as Mitchell and Gobert. I, I feel like things have been kind of smoothed over a little bit. I, I don't know. It, there, the, some of the stuff we saw over the summer around kind of the. Uh, 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 when everything first came out with COVID uh, and the isolation at first, Donovan Mitchell was pissed. I don't know if that goes away entirely. And I do get that they are locked up now, but I'm, I'm curious if a season goes bad for them or if it, you know, if it starts to kind of go south, like what comes out. We'll see. Uh, that's only fun if it ends up actually happening and not, you know, well, you know it's too far off to really tell. Uh, let's get back towards the Blazers games, though. We touched on the Clippers there. You know, forget that one. Didn't really matter that much. Didn't happen. But we had a back-to-back -back in the Bay with the Warriors. We won the first game, and the second one we were kind of screwed by the refs, as well as by Steph Curry going off for his personal best, 62 points, uh, as well as lots of diving on the floor, flying away airplanes, shimmying, showboating, the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm a fan of Curry, man. He is an undeniable talent, and it's good to see him back on top. His shots are incredible. I could do without some of the extra. Uh, Dude, when people but, hate... When people just choose to hate Russell Westbrook and like <laughs> Steph Curry. It's uh, of course the talent level is completely different, but Steph Curry has gone under the radar as this like nice guy, his whole Thank career you, somehow. Yeah, it's, it's and he's true. like the absolute most cocky guy. And he's I don't know how he does it. And he's kind of a douche. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> or he's not a douche. 
and he just does that stuff and everyone like in real life he's a nice guy and so like it's just yeah. a fun right, yeah, it's fun I'm not, I'm, yeah but I'm Russ is a nice guy in real life I'm just saying the, the person he's presenting not on the key. court you know you can one of <laughs> I, will, I will say one of the douchiest things I've ever seen on the basketball court was when he did that like dribble step back three and the refs called travel on him and he flashed James Harden's jersey number to say James Harden does this all the time and you don't call travel <laughs> on him and they weren't even playing the Rockets he just like flashed and said, dude, you are such a dork. You are a dork. <laughs> Cannot stand. I, he, he's the corniest person in the NBA, I think, by far. Yeah. I, and like, you know, he's great and I don't want to take away any of, you know, anything that he's earned and he's lovely and it's really annoying to watch him um, because he's so good. But yeah, it's just, it's always interesting to me that he just gets away with that and he, he'll never have to face anything for that. Yeah, I, I'm 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 not annoyed by how good he is. He he's, he's yeah. undeniably good. It, I'm just it, some of the uh, I don't know. It, it's just the character thing, and you know that's why we that's why they attach this stuff to the NBA. That it's not just about the sport and the game itself. It's about the characters and the personalities behind it. Is because you can have a different kind of you know attraction or not to a player like Westbrook or to Curry or to Dame. These are three very distinct point guards who on the floor they're all pretty comparable. Like they they don't put up the same numbers mm-hmm. uh, or play the same game at all, but off the court, they are even more different than what they are are on the court as far as the, the game itself. So it's 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 interesting and fun, and you know I'm I'm glad that Dame I'm glad that Portland has Dame because I don't want either of those other two on our team right now. Is there any is there anything to like the conversation around the NBA who the best point guard is and maybe Dame taking over that role? Is it? I mean, I hear, I hear them talking about that conversation. Is there anything to okay, that so as Portland fans? Do you, what do you guys think? So, so first of all, just for, for background on this too, this is part of what they were saying gave Steph uh, the fire for this 62-point game is all the talk that, you know, not only is he kind of trash, but that Dame is on the top spot and people were, you know, where they had previously been compared down with such an easy uh, easy shot or easy vote for Dame. And there was some sort of out-of-context quote that Dame had given. He had said something about Curry where he had been comparing the two of them, kind of saying, hey, this is tough because the NBA is designed around shooters like us now so defensive has defenses have wised up to it but the way the quote was taken out of context was basically saying yeah curry has never faced defenses like this before acting like almost he was trashing him for it and curry then even quoted that thing in his interviews post game saying oh this is like part of the motivation it's it's dumb it's not right <laughs> and it's it's i don't know it, it bugs me a little bit but sorry chad I, that was supposed to be back uh background for what you were saying i feel like it kind of derails instead but yeah, I don't know if Dame's the best point guard or I don't know. I feel like Do you like think those... that conversation motivates them when they play each other? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It does oh, for yeah. Curry. It like that's he it's said it himself Dame. after that game. I mean, so let's flip roles and think let's say the Blazers came in there on some hype and they got blown out first game and then and then all of a sudden on TNT like they were talking shit about Dame. I guarantee he would have came back with a really really good game and same type of thing and oh, yeah. And then now, like, we're kind of having the conversation, and then we're almost, like, praising him for finding that chip. So I think we can almost flip it and be like, look at Dame getting motivated off of Charles Barkley or whatever. Like, yeah, maybe it's dumb, but, yeah, like, you can't talk shit about Dame. Look what might happen. So now it's the same thing that kind of happened with them. Like, they just kind of got tired of hearing it. I mean, he's a two-time MVP for a reason, and he went off. So I think all that kind of went down. And also with that game, because they did get blown out game one, they came into that game like a game seven and like we're trying to right. blow the Blazers out like from the get-go. And then, so for the Blazers, they're kind of like, well, we just blew you out. Let's just kind of chill. And then all of a sudden they looked up like, well, shit, you guys are taking this serious. We're down 20. And then now they had to come back and it was kind of like too much too early. So I feel like they really wanted that game. Uh, so I didn't take too much into it. But, yeah, it sucked to lose to them. But, I mean, the freaking Curry went off that night. And there was yeah. A, I mean, like <laughs> – yeah, I mean, it was frustrating to look at, like, we obviously got off to a slow start, and I know we're going to talk later about stuff that kind of uh, we're worrying about with the Blazers, but I think the biggest thing that stood out in that game was the effort or how out of shape Yusuf Nurkic is right now, um, who just basically gave nothing to the point where Terry Stotts rightfully sat in the entire fourth quarter because he just <laughs> wasn't doing he wasn't doing anything. Um so I was yeah. worried about that. Um, and it's tough coming. The game that we won before, like, how many threes did we hit? We knew that that wasn't going to happen again, where we were just on fire from three. 
Um, you hope to be in the medium between that and what we did in the game the other night. I don't like look too far into it. Um, uh, you know, the Warriors at home, I know the home crowd doesn't matter at all, but like Steph was going to obviously find a game where he goes off and that was happened to be the game. And, you know, I mean, if Steph goes for 40, we might win that game still. We would, yeah, exactly. Even, even with how we played it. Mm hmm. And I thought we played, yeah. I thought we looked pretty bad. I pretty did, flawed. I did not like that game. I did not like watching <laughs> us. I did not think we were playing defensively well at all. And still, you know, if Steph Curry scores 40, then technically, you know, score as we win. So that's something. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Evan. Sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. Uh, with a couple minutes left, Dame pulls up down by seven for wide open three. And if he makes it, we're down by four with a couple minutes left. So he misses. The Warriors get the rebound. Steph goes down, hits a three. We're down by 10. And that was like, that was it. That's, yeah, that's the difference. But if Dame, Dame hits that three, you're down by four with a couple minutes left. Like, we are in that game. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's just sometimes the way the, the ball rolls. And Evan, uh, you know, you kind of you mentioned uh, like that we were going to touch on this stuff later. As far as like the the worst part of it, uh, worst part of the season so far, uh, we can just hit it now because I think this is mine. It, like we we're talking about this being a bad loss. Ashton, you mentioned that the team just didn't look as good, uh, and I do understand that this is the second game back to back against the same team. That's always going to be a hard situation. You're never gonna, it's going to be very difficult to win two games in a row against the same team, uh, especially in the same arena like that. But I think after the way we won the first one, this is our worst loss of the season. I, mm -hmm. I think losing to the Warriors like that, when you showed you could beat them so soundly, to then come back and not be able to, to, to not put forth the effort, to not see the defense that we know we need to, uh, we, the, the defense that we have had touted this season so far as being the change that's going to make the difference. Yeah. The, for that game, the, the way they came out there, that has been the worst game of the first six for me. So I'm really hoping... Obviously, Blazer fans listening to this right now, by the time you hear this uh, episode, we will have played the Chicago Bulls as well. Uh, hopefully not another game. We'll see how the timing goes this week. But, uh, <laughs> the yeah, the Warriors game, that second one, I think is our, our worst loss of the season. Does anyone else disagree? Hi, guys. Keith here. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that we did record this episode before the Bulls game earlier this week, so opinions may have changed on what the worst game of the season has been so far. Obviously, it's been a bit of a crazy week for all of us, but I promise I'll be trying to get the post time and the uh, recording time a little closer together in the future. For now, let's get back to the conversation and tune in for talk on the Bulls, the Wolves, the Kings, and more next week on the next episode of the Trailcasters. Nope. I would think the Jazz one, just because it was the opener and you got blown out by 20 at home, kind of with all that hype coming in. I mean, it is kind of yeah. the first game for everybody. I feel like that one's kind of the worst one for me just because yeah it's it's game one and you got blown out by 20 on the opener and, and the Warriors like you're saying second game same arena I think these series games are going to be really weird this year and I think getting that first one's really important because you don't want to get swept in those series games so I think it's going to be a really weird year That's with all that so I think they're all they all fit in the same category for me and they don't really bother me and if these are the worst losses then we have a great season ahead of us <laughs> yeah okay Another legit point, that's fair, yeah. Yeah, the issue looking at, I mean, in totality looking at the six, I'm not looking at the wins and losses. I'm looking at the fact that we gave up 120 points in four of those six games. That, <laughs> yeah. That's that's it seems... Almost 140 to the Warriors. But it seems like it's a league-wide thing that's taking place, at least. Like, I don't know. I, like Ty was saying earlier, like, I don't know how much of this is preseason and that's the issue and how much of it is... Yeah, still finding our footing and our chemistry and all of that, and how much of it is real. But yeah, it's it's not doesn't look good. The only game that I feel like bothered me extremely was, and I guess I, this was the Utah game as well. But in all those other, I guess even in the uh, Golden State game, I felt like there was stretches of effort on defense that showed you when they're when they're flowing and they're going. The defense can really put some stops together, and they could really do some good things. And the offense just didn't capitalize on some of those stops. Like, they would have a couple mm. stops in a row, and they have, bad, in my opinion, a lot of times put up bad shots following them. Yeah. You know, I like it. When we got it within nine or eight, it was, and Dame did that pump fake and took one step forward when he could have went to the hoop. I mean, a dunk does so much differently things. If he gets a fouled and, and one. There's just so much more. If he goes and tacks the hoop, a different energy goes about it than him 
even making that three there. I understand it, but that's the only, that's the only, and I don't have any other critiques. I think Dane played in a, a great game. I think he's been all, great all year. I think he's playing great defense. Um, I think they all had their hands up a lot on defense in that, in that Golden State game. And that was promising because I didn't see that at all last year. And Cantor yeah, proved something Cantor. to you, right? Hey, there we go. Thanks. Okay, mark it. That's, that's, we, are th we are maybe 35, 30-something minutes in here before Chad brought up Cantor. That's actually pretty good, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, sir. <laughs> hey, I, I had to wait a little bit because he did it. He, he talked for me. He played well. He definitely did. What would he have, like a... Uh, 24. Okay, first, first game was 24. Yeah, 24. Oh, last, yeah, the other night I did 24. Um, but yeah. to, back, back to your point about the defense, going back to that Rockets game, the reason we won that game was, was when Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington were like, fuck it, I'm picking up Harden full court. And yeah. Yep. In the second half, because we were going to lose that game probably. And both mm. of those guys were like, I'm guarding him full court. Mm-hmm. And like, that's the type of effort you want to start seeing. And I know against Golden State, um, Terry didn't play. Yeah, they didn't get the minutes required for that, probably. Yeah, and it made, because I was talking to someone about it, and they were really upset with Terry. I, I love when people get upset with Terry, because I <laughs> don't feel that way. But they're yeah. like, how, how in the hell is he going to bench Derek Jones and Robert Covington late in the game? It's like, they're in there for defensive purposes. We're already down by 20. So, like, they're not a scoring threat. Like, say what you want about Carmelo. He's more of a scoring threat than uh, Robert Covington if you're down by 20. Like, you, if, if you're up by 15, then you want Covington or Derek Jones Jr., or if it's a close game. But when you're down by 20, those two dudes aren't really scoring threats, and you need to score points to get back in the game. So, you know. Yeah, I would argue that Gary wasn't scoring either, and his defense against Curry was atrocious. <laughs> yeah, the, there's a number of players that we have where if they're not scoring, uh, you need to watch their defense, and, and that is certainly <laughs> the issue. But that's also maybe an argument for why you would keep Derek Jones uh, or or – uh, Roko in there, man. You gotta have someone in there that is uh, solid on defense, and either one of them, I would say, those players are basically they're they're, they're sturdy sturdy enough for nacho dip is uh, the phrase I'm going with. And thank you, I love the looks I just got. That's perfect. But you guys were like, what the <laughs> f did he just say? Uh, shout out to Brian. No, hey! he challenged me to use that phrase. He used that in the conversation earlier, and I laughed at him. So he challenged me to use that phrase, and I feel like it kind of fit there. Uh, that makes me want to go into a nacho tangent, just so you know, because. I started making my own nacho Tangent. chips. What? Oh, wow. Wait, what? Making your own chips? Yeah, I was sold because of the nacho chip challenge, and you just reminded me of it. And I don't know if you want me to go there now, but. <laughs> All right. So if you if you get a regular store bought <laughs> chip and you go put it in water, it will be soggy. But if you actually cut up a corn tortilla and you deep fry it and you pull it out and you put it in water, it will be crispy when you pull it back out. So like it can withstand what? the hot cheese. And the other stuff that's getting put on it. Oh, it doesn't get dirty. Science, science. So what's the difference here? What are we talking about? I don't. I don't know if it's just the matter of freshness or, or the thickness of it. But I, yeah, I don't know. But they're they're a lot harder. They are crispier, but they're not like hard to eat hard. Okay. Sturdy nachos, man. Sturdy nachos for the win. That was that was my college band name. <laughs> Pop punk band called Sturdy Nacho. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Oh, yeah, we used to play oh, Cheerful boy. Tortoise, man. Oh, that's awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Are you being no, serious? he's fucking with you. <laughs> the There's no yeah, way. That like, no way. When he said Cheerful Tortoise, I'm like, no, he can't really he's actually lying. tell the truth here. Liar. I am a lie. I am sorry. It seemed like a couple things that could be true. Something that they would have on their menu. And I can't see, and I can't see anything, so I just had to go with it. You know? Evan, you're the only one not on camera, man. It's hard to tell. I'm flipping through my sturdy nacho LPs. All right. Okay. That was a fun tangent. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Come back to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, expectations. How do we feel as far as... Uh, the Blazers after these six. Do we want to make any sort of adjustments to uh, to our expectations on the season? Are we still feeling pretty good about them overall being, let's say, in the, the three to five range in the West? Or does that maybe feel a little overconfident? I need a little bit longer to see. Um, they do have a pretty nice 12-game stretch coming up where they play the Bulls, like the Wolves, the Kings, a lot of, like, bad teams, essentially. So I think you We've really got to look at so that. Yeah, so I think if you get through that 
and it's rough, then I think there's definitely going to be, all right, this this season could really go downhill. But I think they really need to have a nice 12-game stretch here to really get things right. And I think there are, like, a lot of really, like, get-right games. Um, and I think, like, maybe like, I'm hoping that it starts with the Bulls tonight because, like, I think with this next five, they play the Bulls, Kings. I think they play the Kings twice. Yeah, they, they play, like, play Sacramento twice, Toronto, who's one in five. Yeah. So... I think this next couple of games will be kind of nice to see, and hopefully they can get just somewhat like consistent, and then we can be like, see, look at that, like they're beating the bad teams. But I think all of a sudden, like if you look up on that 12 game, and they're have only won like three or four games, and I mean, and this blowout stuff continues to happen, then I think yeah, then it might be getting a little hairy, and you might be down to that sixth, seventh, eighth seed, depending how these other teams are playing. But luckily, right now, there's no one who's really like just like playing crazy like there's no one who's like just dominating the league right now it's all kind of the same like they all have about two losses and stuff so i think right now it's all right but i think this next month could be telling okay so just for the record uh 12 games in will be about 17 percent of the season and so right now we're, we're right now we're three and three the next six are the bulls tonight uh and then hosting the wolves then we are at the kings then home for the Raptors, at the Kings again, and home for the Pacers. So weird. Wait, so we go, to so Sa- go to Sacramento, then go back home to Toronto, <laughs> then go back to Sacramento. That's so <laughs> I mean, I, it's, I think it's the idea that they're keeping us, like, West Coast centralized. Yeah, but, but back-to-back again, back Sacramento. Yeah, why would we just stay in Sacramento? Yeah, yeah, like we did with the Warriors just now, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like what you should have done, it seems like a half measure. What you should have been doing is kind of what we heard talk about before, and I think we touched on here on a previous episode of Trailcasters, would be the idea that you have like a West Coast bubble, a Southwest bubble, a Southeast bubble, and a North, you know, some some sort of kind of regional bubble setup like that where you go here, you play maybe like eight, ten games in a row against the other teams in the area if you really wanted to be efficient about this. And, you know, there could be problems there. Maybe you. That would actually be shitty for us, though, because we, you know, like what you were asking, should we be be worried yet? And what I would say to to that is uh, we don't need to worry until, like, the second half of the season because for some reason that's when we decide to turn things on. (laughs) So if we played all of the teams, like, if we played the Warriors eight times in a row at the beginning up front, that might actually (laughs) fix in the end because maybe we don't get an easier game later, you know, whatever the thing is. Um... Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a little it could be a little rough, but it, like it's it's more similar to a baseball schedule, right? Where they do kind of the series yeah. and then they move on to another team. Uh, you certainly in the NBA would have an issue where in the beginning of the season, if you have a player injured, and then later in the season they are healthy for you, yeah, it's like you want to be playing the tougher teams at least. Uh, maybe later in the season. Mm-hmm. But well, based on our record, on the other hand, on playing another ahead. team back to back, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm happy that Toronto's getting sandwiched in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, good logic. I like it. Okay. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> um, anyone else on the schedule or, or roll on here? Well, what's your expectation, Keith? Do you think it's going to stick with that like three to five seed? You think it's going to go downhill? I'd like to get the man who I have to constantly talk off the cliff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, I'm here to ask the questions. I'm uh, just glad I have Chad now to help me out. Now it's, <laughs> I mean, now it's two on one in these text message chains. Yeah, it used to be one on one. I thought, I seriously thought you were going to burn all your blazer gear. It was, it was <laughs> no, so outlandish. And you were much scarier, less like sober, it sounds like. Wait, wait, what? Like you said, you didn't no, have I, any, and was, you didn't have any beers or anything. So I was like, oh my gosh, he's like this when he hasn't been drinking. <laughs> I'm usually way more irrational when I, I drink that, more. Just, <laughs> that was just a matter of in the moment, man. When you see them losing to the Warriors like that, I still do think that was the worst loss of the season so far. But it is also only six games into the season. Can I argue um, that? Can I argue that real fast? If they have Clay Thompson, if they have Clay, do you still think that's the worst loss of the season? You think they're like that bad of a team? No, no. No, that changes it significantly. But in the same way, if if we had lost to the Rockets earlier, that would have been the worst loss of the season because they had nine. So how does how does it how does it taking a guy to have his like the best shooter possibly to ever play the game to have his career night against us not kind of equal out to that same? Because because our whole thing was that we beat them in uh, in the previous game and our new thing this season is supposed to be defense. So if we can't shut down that player, if we allow him to have a uh, a career best 
and and carry his team to the win, that's a problem. Uh, it's more of a problem if it's later in the season than it is six games in. So we'll give him that one for now. We'll come back to that. You know, uh, like like you said, Ty, after 12 games. I think we're going to rip off like a six-game winning streak right now. Ooh, but run. here's the thing. I'm going to subject in this with, like, I'm, gonna, I'm curious if Evan feels the same way because I feel like he kind of gets my defensive vibes here. If, if we lose games... No, it I doesn't see. bother me at all. It doesn't bother you at all? I mean, it kind of bothers me. <laughs> but here's the thing. When you're losing games, like you can tell what teams... And this is the thing that's differentiated the Blazers the past few years when we haven't played well versus teams that don't play well. Like You can see... It's an eye test thing where you can see if teams just give up on the coaching or give up on the other players. And the Blazers don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um so if effort is being made and we're losing games, I'm fine with that. But like, we'll, when it starts going south, you will be able to see on the floor. You'll be able to see it, um, that they're not trying as hard. And that's why I'm, I'm get, I was getting nervous with Nurkic, but not because I thought that he was giving up on the team. I just don't think he's in shape. And like, I don't know if his head's yeah. in the right space right now with everything that's been yeah. going on with him personally. Yeah. Um, but no, like if we, if these Knicks six, six games, if, if if after these next 12 games, combined with the six, so it's 18 games, if we were, like, 12, uh, 10 and 8, like, I wouldn't be freaking out. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. I'm not I, – I wouldn't be too worried at that point because, again, I, I do think the Blazers are always going to they, – they get better across the season. They kind of start slow and, and pick it up. Uh, hopefully that holds true in this strange season that we're experiencing right now in 2021. So it does bother you, Ashton, that if – like, just losses in general bother you. It doesn't matter how they lose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, it uh, it does matter. I'm just kind of, I was just kind of joking. Like, if you know, it still kind of sucks a little bit if we're losing, but. Um, if we lose tonight to Chicago, I actually would worry a little bit because don't they have like five? There we go. Can't even travel because <laughs> yeah. of COVID stuff. Like, yeah, don't they, they have only have like eight or nine guys suiting up? Yeah. And they so it's another too. situation like Rockets, but they don't have Harden. So even more reason to yeah, they, they, we should really not lose this team. I mean, there's moments now, I guess, like you can just pick and choose these games. Obviously, like a Bulls loss would be bad, but then all of a sudden, like you lose to the Pacers, it's not as bad as losing to the okay, Bulls. Okay, I guess if we lose all so. six games, right, then I would be like, wait a yeah. second. Okay, yeah. This, is, this yeah. is another level. Well, I think it's like tonight coming off of we got beat pretty bad against a Golden State team that we had just beat in, you know, the whole 62-point game. Terry sending a message to Nurk by sitting him the entire fourth quarter. Um, I would, If they come out and look flat tonight, then I think it... I would be a little worried if they came out and looked flat tonight. Wait, would you, okay, so, okay, so of, the, of the next three games, we got Bulls, uh, hosting Bulls, hosting Wolves, and then at Kings. Would we all agree that maybe losing that be the Bulls would be now. the worst? That should be that three, should be three now. now. Okay, I'm good with that. It's but, not, like, uh, not going to be three you now. It's not going to be three <laughs> now, but it should be three you now. That's Say. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, so which would be the worst one to drop? I, I, I think tonight. Uh, tonight would be the worst. Yeah, I think, I think saying Bulls uh, losing to the Bulls tonight would be the worst case scenario. Wolves have a little more competitive at Kings. You're on the road. Uh, anyone want to argue for either one of those? Or are we all in agreement that tonight would be? We need to win tonight, man. This is gonna look bad if we lose. If if we have lost this game tonight, we're losing the podcast. We just have to cut this part. Can I, uh, <laughs> can I just comment on how much of a mess the Kings are with Bagley the other night asking his oh, dad, man, man. his dad asking for him to be traded, and then De'Aaron Fox's dad's chiming in and said, "Yeah, go ahead and trade him." Yeah. Oh gosh. And then Bagley's been playing like terrible. We're six games into the season, and one dude's dad is saying that. Agreeing with another dude's dad that they, his son should be traded. Did they join the big ball company? <laughs> <laughs> and then even De'Aaron Fox jumps on too, and he, what it was his line? He's like Jesus Christ after he's like the dads arguing back and forth, <laughs> yeah. or, or not arguing back, but yeah, like his dad coming on and joining the joining the fray or whatever you want to say. And what a bummer! They started off the season pretty well, like they look feisty, but now it's just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we've uh. We've talked about worries. We've talked about stresses and kind of things that we've been down about so far this season. Let's talk about some good stuff. Carmelo Anthony just passed Tim Duncan on the all-time scoring list. He's now 14th overall. Uh, I don't have the chart in front of me. I forgot to have this pull, the, the little graphic pulled up for uh, who's ahead. He should anyway. get in the top 10 this year. I don't remember fully on the list, but I think based on what he did last year, he scored like 800 points coming in off the couch. He should get the top 10 this year, I would think. So Melo, Melo is at 14th with 26,509 points. Dominique Wilkins is up next with 26,668. 
and Oscar Robertson at 26, 7, 10 above that. So we're talking like that's only Oscar Robertson is only like 200 points ahead of Melo. There's no there's no doubt, in my opinion, that he'll get the 12th all time this season if he's like part of the rotation. If he's part of the rotation. And how are we feeling about that with all of our okay. uh, wing depth all of a sudden? I was pretty high on Melo. Now all of a sudden I'm kind of like, I don't know if we need Melo. But I don't know if we need him, but I don't think he's going away. I don't no, think we have so much depth away. that he's like not gonna he's he's not gonna slip off to nothing. I hope he's okay with getting less minutes because we'd be better off maybe. Because on that Laker game when he didn't play and we saw more Trent, we saw more yep. Hood, and it kind of just fit more like that rotation. Now with Melo, like you have to put him in because he has to get his now because of everything that's happened with him coming back. So he has to get his. So in a way, is that like throwing things off? I don't know. I just noticed the pattern too. You mentioned Trent there. Trent played against the Lakers and he he was out against the Clippers, right? Yeah, yeah. He got then hurt he again pl- that Laker game. Then he played against the Warriors game one and was out game two. No, he played. No, a lot he played game two. He played game two. Yeah, he was out game one. Oh, I flipped that on. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, never yeah, mind. I games. I thought I had a conspiracy going. I was I was going to so be so close. He got hurt. They didn't want to tested early in the season with it, such a quick turnaround with these soft tissue muscles. So they're not going to – I bet you you'll see a lot of that stuff with hamstrings a lot this year. Like even like one little tweak or like quads or anything like that, they're just going to be like letting them rest because it is so weird with that stuff. But It's it's really Chad's fault, though, that I was looking for that little conspiracy because he keeps talking about the, the, the clutch thing and, and the Lakers uh, for, <laughs> for Trent. So I was trying to like fire back. Oh, he wait, dominated. He's, he's critical. He's in every win. Uh, <laughs> but thoughts on Melo now? Like, how are we feeling yes. about him? Part of the rotation, like getting fifteen to twenty minutes a night. Is 15? that what he's getting? Can we go lower? Well, what's he getting right now? I don't know. I, I don't know what he's getting. I only look it up. But I, we're just saying. Like, I, I would not be. I almost. And if, I like him out there, but I mean, like, I feel like he has this moments where like he flows with the offense, and then like he flows with. And like he kind of just does everything, and then like he almost gets tired of it. Like, all right, like let me get mine. And he's kind of like the only guy on the team, like besides obviously Dame and CJ, who are we fine with doing that. Who just like kind of goes like, let me get mine now. All of a sudden, you guys have been passing around too much. I need to shoot it. And like, it's pretty predictable. Like you can kind of tell him like, oh, he's gonna shoot it now. Like he's back in, back in, back in. Like you know what he's gonna do. Hey, so so just for reference, uh, <laughs> we're saying fifteen to what minutes game right now? You think? What I said he's getting? like. Like 20, like 15 to 20 minutes? Is that what he's getting? In the 2021 season so far, Melo is averaging 24.2 minutes a game. Oh, That's too wow. much Melo. That's too much That's Melo. That's too much Melo. I thought you too were going to say it was way less because I, I thought it was way less than that. I thought it was like... No, I think that's just a tribute to Zach Collins being out. Um, True. Yeah, p- part of it is Zach Collins out, part of it is and Gary making him happy. And, and like I mentioned earlier, it's situational. Like if, you, if we're down in games, which we've obviously been down big in games, Roko and and uh, Derek Jones Jr. aren't going to shoot you back into games, but Melo might. That's true. Yeah, he right. hit some big shots right. in the corner there. That I mean, he was the only one hitting shots in some, in that one game. I guess game. that's true. Yeah. I think there's going to be, I think the exact situational might be that key word. I think there's going to be, and and that might even be as far as the season goes. I think there's going to be games where he's very important for stretches. Because I think yeah. that he can. If, if things are off the rails and you need to slow things down, you can throw it to him in the post and he's going to do that back up, back up. And I mean, just kind of, you know, and he can get you a bucket. You need, we've talked about all of this all the time. We, who's that third guy that can just get you a bucket when you need a bucket? I don't, I don't, I, I think I'm, he's pretty still, he's still pretty good on that. The buckets are big, but I, I'm curious about what uh, Evan was saying too, the way with as far as like Evan, you were, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll get it back to you here, bro. Uh, as, as, as far as, uh, DJ and Rocco being more defensive players and maybe like opting for a score over them. If we've got other scores, maybe it's better to have someone that's going to keep the other team, like kind of slow them down, keep them in range. So then Dame or CJ or, or Nurk or, or one of our other bigs can get in and get their work done. We don't necessarily need another scoring option on the floor. So I'd almost say DJ or Rocco is a better uh, potential solution when we're down, right? It depends by how much. I mean, like, none of you look this up right now. What? Do you think that Robert Covington is shooting percentage-wise from three this year so far? Oh, I saw Ooh, this. Good. I, I, <laughs> I thought be like, what, like 28%? It was like that. seven for 25 or something. I was going to say, I think right? I know the stats more than I know the percentage. Both of you are exactly right. It's 28%, <laughs> seven for 25. Jeez. Wow. Amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so 28%. He's a career 36% <laughs> three-point shooter. So it's... Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. He's going to yeah. get so, his eventually. So he's due to come up. Yeah, uh, as, yes, a, as a betting some man. Some of the threes that he... Had... Not the way Evan was looking at that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no. He'll catch and shoot with the hand in his face, and it's like, what do you do? Like, Derek Jones mm-hmm. Jr. Right. Derek Jones Jr. is great at getting to the corners and either... He's a world-class cutting to the basket from the baseline. Yeah. Or, I love Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, or he can stand there and, like, he... His three-point shot selection is so much better, in my opinion, than Robert Covington's, because, like, he will just shoot yeah. an open three. If he's open, he will shoot it. I would agree 100% with that. And I actually wondered perfect. if that's Robert trying to kind of, like, prove himself or... See if Terry's really saying the truth when he says, go ahead and shoot it if you want to shoot it. Because, you know, just testing yeah. the coach out, seeing if he's really, really about that. Um, I, 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 I actually I, believed I Robert was, was a pretty good three-point shooter or could be better. Um, or it could develop, I guess. But I could be completely wrong. I, I think there's a possibility here, too, that, like, uh, we're looking at, like, Covington is a, he's a 3 and D player established. We know that. And he's having to fit into a new system to find exactly where his shot is. Uh, and maybe he's being a little he's being asked more to do the defensive end right now where DJ is a player who I think his bar is set a little lower and just said defend as much as you can defend. So then when he sees the three point shot, he knows it's not expected of him to do it. So it, uh, he can be a little more picky, be a little more choosy about it. That, that could be just theorizing a little too much. But I just think the bar is a little different for those two players and also the athleticism that we see from DJ maybe makes his kind of highlight. He gets a little kind of like bonus points from Flash, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where Rocco, he's not shooting well from three, but his other stuff that he's doing well isn't isn't getting the attention that the dunks do. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious about overall. How, I, I'm not worried overall, though. I don't think Rocco is going to stay at 28% or, uh, and 7 to 25, like we're saying. No. Yeah. Uh, thank you both for having those stats ready. You guys are awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so for Rocco, because he is that wing... Uh, so do you think Stotts will ever do a small ball five for him at all this point this season? Do you think we'll see I'd that at all? I bet he does. That'd be awesome. So I would like to see it. What was I'm surprised really? we haven't seen it. small ball five actually in that first game against the Warriors. Um, wasn't he the five there? I think it was him, really? Mello, Trent. Cantor was in like almost the entire fourth quarter. Yeah. No, I mean the first game against the Warriors, oh. we had a small ball lineup that I actually wanted to write down because I knew I'd be talking about it. But it was a very. It, I, mean, it was, it I think it Roko was. It was. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was an interesting hmm. try. But we didn't do it the next time. But I think it was like. I think the second time Wiseman was on the floor more, and like you just can't. Because didn't Wiseman get in like foul trouble in, in the first game, so they didn't have him on the floor as much. Yeah, I think we also were trying to match match them. And I guess you could argue who the five is between him and Mello. I would say that's what I was going to bring up, Chad. If if you got a lineup with Melo and Rocco on the floor, Melo's the five. He's less mobile and he's an inch taller and like thirty pounds heavier. Yeah, but I, it depends on who's playing the four for the opponent. I didn't realize he was thirty pounds heavier. Let me look this up. Hold on a sec. It, so Melo sure is six. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's an interchangeable like, position. I think really? it's exactly what he said. Whoever's yeah, like playing the four and five. Or ten pounds. What? Like Which the ball weird, handler, it's going to be Rocco. Is it going to be guarding yeah. any of the fives? Yeah. He's going to be guarding their best player on the other team. So here, just just Even for the official weigh in here. The, the official weigh in has got Mello at six eight two thirty eight, and Rocco is six seven two zero nine. So yeah, that's what? about thirty pounds difference. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm just that's what we got on BasketballReference.com. What that's on we earth? We need to reweigh him. Yeah, that's <laughs> out, that's like high school numbers. <laughs> I think y'all like Mello being a little older guys. He, like he's carrying a little extra. Well, he's on him. fine. Like, how old big people get fat? No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. He's been big his whole career. He's yeah, always been I'm just that. surprised because Rocco looks big to me. Uh, that just shows you how Rocco. big Rocco plays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you have it. Like tonight, Wendell Carter Jr. is the starting center for the Bulls, and like you know, he's six ten. So it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be shocked at some point if you know you wanted to go with the small ball five and play Rocco the five. Um, or mellow, either one. I'm just saying. Totally, yeah, totally situational. <laughs> I think I would rather have Rocco guarding Wendell Carter Jr. than Mellow, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that, that's very good. Um, the defense in there, I'm cool with that. Um, but yeah, I think it's situational for sure. Against like, if the Warriors are playing Wiseman, or you know, we play a team like the Timberwolves with a healthy Carl Anthony Towns, or teams like the Go Bear, like Rocco's not going to obviously be guarding them. Yeah, he had right. to when he was in Houston, and that sucked for him. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so that was supposed to be a conversation about Melo getting 14th all-time on the scoring <laughs> list, uh, and we changed back to the rotation. That's okay. We're, we're, I'm good with it. Let's talk about Dame, though. Dame hits 15,000 points. Uh, good milestone for him. He's climbing the Blazers charts. Uh, when asked about it on interviews, he kind of shrugged it off. He talked about Melo and his uh, his scoring list thing, which, again, we, we shrugged off, and he talked about CJ's hot start. Uh there's also been a lot of discussion about the, uh, the, the as far as the Blazers' all-time list, will or will not Dame pass Clyde? Dame's answer was pretty much like a flat out. I don't remember what the word was, but like he was just flat out kind of like, yeah, I'll get there. It'll it'll, it'll happen. It was, it was not even a concern on it. Does anyone think that this won't happen? Will Dame not end up being the all-time scoring leader for the Blazers after the next season or two or whatever? He definitely will. Yeah, he's getting there. Oh yeah, he's getting there. Yeah. I think we're all about as confident as Dame. Sorry, you want an argument, and I'm not going to give you one. No. <laughs> no, I don't even know. What's Clyde at right now? Or finish uh, that? doesn't even matter. You can look this up again. Doesn't even matter. Well, I'm curious, just to throw this in there, if CJ stays long enough, could he get to number two behind oh. Dame? I don't know how many points he is. That might just be very, very far That's a fair question. It might be tough because CJ didn't really play much his first few years. That's right. Versus yeah, that's Dame, right. Dame came in day one. Yeah, that's like, true. Starting. Right. That's right. That is correct. But based, I mean, CJ's been cooking this mm-hmm. start of this year, which is very good to see. I mean, but obviously he'd have to have insane numbers. But that is something. I'll have to see if I can find a scoring list. But. CJ can make I it don't... up on the back end, though, because Clyde didn't finish his career here. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. All right, so here we go. Scoring leaders. Uh, oh, no, pull this up. Almost at it. Sorry. I feel like this question and this conversation always just comes down to health and longevity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. All right, so here we go. Uh, the scoring leaders so far for the Blazers. Damian Lillard is second already at 15,045. Clyde Drexler is at eighteen thousand forty, so he is oh, just yeah. under three thousand more. Yeah, that's that's a pretty small gap. <laughs> How's that? What in like next year or two years? Yeah, yeah, it's it's. What guys average four. around like fifteen? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how many. I know. I'm really trying to do some math here in my head, but it's not going well. Thousands of points, definitely a year. Maybe two thousand points. Is that too much a year? Maybe what's forgot, like, what's like twenty times? Seventy. Two. Uh, Maybe like fifteen hundred. So maybe like fifteen hundred. Yeah, if he did twenty a game at seventy games, it's fourteen hundred, right? Yeah. And how many is he behind? Three thousand. So, so two last years. Year, so last yeah. year he scored. Da, 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 where is his points at? He scored nineteen hundred points last year, and then yep. <laughs> in okay. two thousand eighteen, he scored two thousand sixty-seven points. So. Okay. Yeah. So make that an average like 2,000 points a year. He'll be there uh, midway through next season. Yeah. So, so here's uh, the drama you want. The, the only question. reason he doesn't pass Clyde is if he gets traded. No, stop. Excuse you. Stop you. That's not I'm not saying it. Chad, I'm just saying. Chad, come on. What the fuck, man? <laughs> in what world? In what world would that uh, ever uh, take place? It's not going to happen, and that's why he's going to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> this if you wanted someone to argue reason. how it's not going to happen. That's true. Because I don't want to talk about the other thing. That's possible. Uh-oh. This dog has been sleeping this whole chat. This whole Skype call, he's been sleeping. That's and suddenly what they he's do. Like, suddenly he's back here bugging me, like <laughs> climbing over my shoulder, because you had to mention that Dame could get traded, you asshole. What was the other thing you didn't want to mention, Chad? <laughs> oh, I was just talking about, like, you know, normal normal stuff that I mentioned before, health and longevity. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Not going to put that out oh, there. Sorry, okay. Ashton. Just... Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. No, no thank you. I can joke about right. getting traded because that's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, here's something that will happen. Uh, we, Trailcasters, we had a fantasy league this last season <laughs> that was uh, an awesome rousing success. I don't even remember how many teams we had. It was like the max number that, that the, You need to calm down your excitement there. You know what? It was I amazing. I played like two, I think I did two days. Then you should have participated more, man. We had a good time. I think, I think about 70% of the other people would agree with me. 70% would agree with me. I don't know what you're talking about. You have, okay. the, you have the wrong right. numbers. All right. Like, we, we had, we had, we had family. So we had fans. Uh, the point is, we are halfway through a crazy weird season, but we've had some of those uh, players from last season ask about if we're bringing this league back this year. We are going to do so. We can't not listen to the fans. you got to do this. So... 
it may start up a little late. We're going to get going, uh, hopefully, in the next week or two, uh, get everything set up on online. And uh, if anyone is looking for a spot in a overcrowded fantasy league where your team will be the, the rosters are going to be a little thinner than you want for a general fantasy league because uh we got everyone in there but we have a good time we 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 chat let's set up some trades uh let's see if we can get like a, a well maybe we'll set up some awards for not just the best teams but the worst uh points per game and maybe the worst rebound rates or something like that to kind of uh if someone wants to trade away their good players and see what they can go for for on a, on a golf score uh we'll have some fun but if anyone is interested please contact the trailcasters at trailcasters on twitter trailcasters at gmail.com all those lovely things guys and gal ashton see you know i said this last week i was trying to say less about guys so uh dudes <laughs> all of you all of you dudes ashton if listeners wanted to reach out to you and uh find where you were on social media get some of your hot takes get angry at some <laughs> of your hot takes about seattle where can they reach you at they can reach me at L-I-L underscore B-U-T-S. Lil Butts. Little Butts. Mm-hmm. Little Butts on Twitter. Uh, she loves it when uh, men say, women shouldn't talk about basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I encourage you oh to do God, that fantastic. to me yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's always a good conversation. Please, please go, go at Little Butts uh, and tell her how she shouldn't talk sports. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Evan. Where can the listeners find your your takes, your art, uh, your your New Orleans uh, tours around town on your bike? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, on Twitter or Instagram, it's Evan M PDX, which is E V A N E M PDX. And EvanM.com, I've got a bunch of cool art prints, and uh, I'm working on another Blazer one right now, and hopefully it will be out in the next few weeks. And then I have it's one. CJ. It's, it's CJ. Not, it's CJ. It's not. It's not CJ. It's a. It's a classic blazer. It's not someone on the current. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. We're just gonna guess now. It's Rudy Fernandez. Oh. Wish. Um, but I have, another, <laughs> I have another print coming out that is not basketball related. It's a one of the coolest current athletes in the world right now, and she's amazing. And that should be dropping in like five days. So keep an eye Sabrina? out. Sabrina. Mm-hmm. I already, I already did you already did this. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I'm just thinking of your cool arm. Thinking of the pieces I've seen Maybe already. Maybe Oh, 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 oh. Okay, okay. We'll leave it at that. Stay, Go check out. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> Go check out FNM.com. Uh, Ty Delbridge, if you want the the betting lines, the odds. Uh, <laughs> Go and check out. Wait, 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 Ty, what's your handle? That's just my name. At Ty Delbridge. At Ty Delbridge. Okay, Delbridge. and. And of course, as always, we have the Twitterless Chad. I am Rip City Keith. Uh, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. Thank you to our sponsors, uh, Clearly Speaking. And thank you to uh, Ashton and Evan M. And of course, as always, thank you to our listeners for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And one. <laughs> thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of The Trailcasters. That's fun. We did it. <laughs>